Hello, welcome to the PlayStation Report, episode 41. I'm your co-host Tyler Lloyd here with the Asian sensation Franklin Sizemore. How you doing? I'm doing very good, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing okay. Now that I look at myself in Skype, I'm looking a little scruffy. Yeah, you are a little bit. Shave. But, you know, I have one day of work left in the year, so I might just not shave until I go back. See, technically, I need to shave if I were yeah. to go into work. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell that right now because I, it's just like a little bit of stubble and you can't even tell. Those yeah. Asian jeans, man. Asian jeans. <laughs> I say, though, um, today we're doing Game of the Year. Yeah, we are. Hell yeah. We're sharing our 10 favorite games of 2016. Uh, and we'll also talk about some other things there. Like, no news or, uh, you know, Dude, new it's, releases. It's the week of Christmas, basically. Yeah. And there's no, nothing of note that hap- happens at yeah. the end of December. Exactly. Uh, but before we get into... Uh, you know, talking, reflecting on 2016. Is there any games you've been playing really quick that you just want to highlight? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I I finished. Man, that was awesome. Ooh, ooh, I finished uh, Final Fantasy 15. Did you? Yeah, awesome. I you did. You said you were going to finish it before we did this, and you did. Yep, I actually, I I am a man of my word for once. Um, but yeah, I powered through the the back half of the game, and you know. The low points that I've been hearing from like big games, me- mainstream games media, and like influencers out there about Final Fantasy XV, the later chapters, it isn't nearly as low as they made it out to be. Like it's really? still a solid game back there, but um, I will say it 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 does get really linear. But I feel like that's just how a game like this should work. You should start out in an open world, and when you want to power through the end of the game, you just go through the story of the end of the game. I feel like mm-hmm. it. I feel like the game works that way. Like you have this, you have this open area that you can grind in, and when you're like, "Fuck it, I want to beat the story," you can just go through and beat the story. Right. Did it have a good ending? I will say there are <laughs> moments in the game in the linear areas where the story gets a little convoluted, but I feel like the way it wraps up at the end, um, it really makes for a, a good ending to a Final Fantasy game. Um, okay. I, I really enjoyed the ending. Sweet. Can you play after you finish the story? Yes. Once you've beaten the story, it will allow you to reload to a time period a time before like you go into the last battle basically and from there you can use the time travel mechanic to go back to uh the open world okay cool sounds fun that's my big game while i'm off that i just want to power through dude do it do it out of so that's awesome was was there cool quest and boss fights Epic um, shit. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, cool fights. Um, I I don't want to spoil anything, but like, uh, yeah, you fight against some of the more notable characters in the world. Um, you fight against a character that you probably predicted you'd fight against eventually. Um, but the I will say the last boss battle is a visual spectacle, and it's not really hard, especially. I leveled to about like fifty before I went through the end area of the game. 
So, like, the last boss battle wasn't really that hard for me, but it was visually spectacular, and I yeah. liked that. That's awesome. And that, yeah, it... Nothing t- terribly challenging, I don't think, in this game. Sweet. I I did two things. I finished Dishonored, the first one. Okay. Uh, so I'm fully ready for Dishonored 2. And first Dishonored is it's fantastic. It's a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. Like, it's only nine missions long, but none of them are really super long. Uh, but I ended up doing a couple missions because I got way better as I played the game, just as you understood it more. I mean, you got a little bit more patient and stuff. And one of the missions I actually did where I didn't get caught, I didn't kill anybody, I didn't do anything. It was like I was never there. And it is a really, really awesome feeling when you pull that off. So when I go into Dishonored 2, I want to try to do that a lot more. I might not go for a full ghost playthrough. Like, I killed the deserving in my my playthrough. It's like, if you're an asshole, you're just going to die. Good. Plus, it's, it's cool the way you kill certain special targets because Gorbo kind of turns them around, stabs them in the throat or something. It's pretty cool. Uh, I enjoyed it, though. Uh, it's definitely worth a play if you've never played the first Sonic. Um, the other thing that I spent some time in is Destiny's The Dawning event. Um, so Sparrow Racing League is back. They added two maps, one on Earth, one on Mercury. The one on Earth is is Okay. I really enjoy the one on uh, Mercury. That one is a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of it, it's more open than any of the other ones. Um, but it's Sparrow Racing League. If you didn't enjoy it last year, you wouldn't enjoy it here. I mean, it's the same same type of racing where you can go from first to last and last to first in you know in a blink of an eye, pretty much. Uh, I mean, it's it's okay for sure. They redid three different strikes kind of like they did when rise of iron launched they're not too special they're actually pretty damn boring um i mean some of the gear is cool some of it it's the same gear from last year uh you got a quest log you do stuff it's okay it's not it's nothing to jump back into destiny for if you're done with destiny for sure which i announced I announced this week that I have retired from Destiny. I have un- uninstalled it from my PlayStation 4. I'm done until Destiny 2. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know how much I'll play, honestly, until Destiny 2. I might try to do the raid, and that's about it. Yeah, but that freed up about, I, I want to say, about 80 gigs on my hard drive, and I'm like, holy uh, shit, I can fit yeah. like a couple of uh, smaller indie games that I want to play. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, but, I mean, it's... It's more, it's the most significant event they've had in a long mm-hmm. time. I'll say that, which is cool. And I hope, you know, with Destiny 2, they have events more often and they're more significant. Mm. For sure. So we'll see. All right, Nat. Nothing new. Let's get to the point. Wait, no, wait. We, bo- we both played a little bit of that Call of Duty, though. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered. Oh, yes. Um, yes, we did. Got it. We got to look at that uh, microtransaction system. It's benign but still annoying that they put it in there but uh yeah hey if <laughs> it's they because it's mostly customization items yeah, and like, emblems and stuff but then they also have melee weapons yeah which is strange kind of changed the game a little bit which is annoying 
Um, I will say I do like that crash, the winter crash map. It's yeah. pretty, uh, pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was awesome to play on like block mm-hmm. again. That that was great. You're on um, vibrate, and it's coming through a little bit. Yeah, my phone's going off. Um, yeah, it was okay. I know there's a double XP event going on. It is through December 27th, I think. So I'm going to try to hop on there eventually, yeah. whenever I can find the fucking time. Yeah, you should you should hit me up. We'll kick some ass together. Yeah. I'm still fucking good at that game, and it just it makes me happy inside <laughs> that I'm still good at that game after all these years. Yeah. Well, there was that one match where we were just crushing them. We were up by, like, 30 points or something. I, it, we only ended up winning by, like, maybe 15, but at one point we were just annihilating the other team. It, it, that game's just a joy to play. I love it. Mm. But, yeah, let's get to the let's get to the point. Go, go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, we're going to... Be sharing our top ten albums. Our albums, gosh, I'm in album of the year mode for my other channel. I literally was just ordering my list before I started this. Our top ten games of 2016, and uh, some other things. Uh, before we do our list, is there any games that you didn't get around to playing this year that you want to maybe give a shout out to because it might have been on your list? You don't know. Yes. There, there are some notable games that I did not play this year, or play enough of to get like a handle of whether or not it should be on my game of the year list. Um, I did not play enough Dark Souls three to get a get a handle on whether or not that should be on my list or not. I also totally missed out on Watch Dogs two and Dishonored two, yes. so those are big. Like I'm not sure from what I hear, maybe Dishonored two would make my list, but. I'm just so sick of the Ubisoft formula anymore that I don't even want to play Watch Dogs 2. I mean, it, it's kind of unfair to say that. Like, I know Ubisoft works hard on their games, and they're they're generally well-received, but, like, just their formula of, oh, go find all these things on the map. Now go find all these things on the map. That mm-hmm. That is just wearing down on me, and I just can't do it anymore. They become very mindless. The last two open-world Ubisoft games I played were Far Cry Primal and Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and I can't really tell you a lot about those games because I would just put on podcasts and drink the whole time because they're mindless. I mean, the gameplay loop can be fun. That gameplay itself can be cool. The world can be cool, but it's just... You're just doing things it, to... It's just not much meaning. Yeah, you're just yeah. doing things to like check off a box, and it's that's not yeah. compelling to me anymore. Right. How about you, Tyler? Any games that you missed out on this year that you wish you had a chance? Um, Dishonored 2 and Watch Dogs 2 are two big ones, uh, especially Dishonored 2. I think now that I played the first one, I think I really would have liked Dishonored 2, and that probably would have made my list. Um, another one that I just started, but... I don't know if it would have made my list or not, is Batman the Telltale series. I played the first episode. I'm kind of impartial on it. It was it was okay. Uh, so I don't know if I would enjoy the rest of it enough for it to get on there, because some people are saying it's really good, other people are saying it's just okay. Who knows? That's another one that, that I did not get a chance to play. So Okay, now that we have that out of the way... Let's get into our lists, man. This has been an exciting thing for me Let's all week. I will say, preface this with, um, I made a list, and then I revised that list, and then I kept revising the list, and I grew very frustrated. So, 
Yeah, if you're frustrated that your favorite game didn't make my list, trust me, it probably was considered. Yeah. I played a lot more games this year than I realized. Uh, but, you know, like we just talked about, there's some games that I wish I would have played. I, I will say I wish I would have played a little bit more, like, smaller indie titles, like Enter the Gungeon and mm-hmm. Darkest Dungeon that I did not get around to play. That's something I'm going to hope. I'm going to try to fix a little bit more in 2017. So we'll see. Anyways, let's get started. What's your number 10, boss? My number 10 game actually came out on Xbox last year. It is Tomb Raider 20th Anniversary Edition. It is a fantastic package of the Tomb Raider, of the Rise of the Tomb Raider game and the, uh, and all the DLCs. And it's, it's just a, it improves on every single way from the Tomb Raider reboot, and yeah. I, I'm just really digging it. I need to finish it, but it is up there, and oh god, I'm I'm in love. That was like my second or third favorite game last year. It's a phenomenal game. It really does improve upon the original pretty much in every way. Um, my number ten, I have Battlefield One. I very much enjoyed Battlefield 1. Uh, it's a game that I want to get back to and play a lot more multiplayer, especially. The multiplayer is awesome. Um, I just feel after you play it for maybe two hours or so, it gets a little bit a little bit long in a tooth, you could say. Maybe it's just because the matches are so long, but I mean, it's just that Battlefield multiplayer where it's just it feels random there's chaos everywhere uh but you know it's beautiful it's gorgeous it's it plays super super smooth to the point where you know you see shit blowing up and you're kind of like wow you know how is this still running at a decent frame rate Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and then the campaign you got to give dice credit they really improved on their campaign making they haven't made a good campaign since bad company in my opinion and they really improved it with the smaller tales. Uh, most of them were really well done. Very cool characters. Very cool mission design. Very much enjoyed that game. It's a good game that I'm very I'm looking to get back to for sure. Mm. Good pick. Good pick. Um, I guess we'll move on to number nine now. At number nine, I have Thumper, specifically oh. in VR is my number nine game. It is the VR game that I keep wanting to come back to every time I put on a VR headset. And it is just so... It is so brutal as... Like, it is brutal as fuck when you're in there with a good pair of headphones. And Mm -hmm. it's just like... That... They dub it Rhythm Violence. And that's just... That's what it is. It is one of my favorite games this year. Yeah. That's a great game. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Number nine for me is Final Fantasy XV. This may be higher if I would have been able to play a significant more chunk of it. That was bad English. A more significant chunk of it. That's better. Uh, But the time that I have spent with it so far, I have absolutely enjoyed it. It's a game where I I feel like I think about it a lot. I like a lot of the characters. I like the world. I love the gameplay. I love finding stuff, doing quests. It's just, it's a great open world RPG, I think. And it's a game that I want to play a lot more of and what I've played so far, I just fucking love it. Uh, 
And, and to be honest with you, this was not a game I was expecting to have on my list at all this year. It was it was a game where I'm like, I'm kind of interested in it, but it's not Final Fantasy's never really been my thing. I don't know. Just dove in on it and absolutely love it. Uh, it's a, it's a phenomenal game. So that's number nine for me. Right, time for the crazy eights here. My number eight game is Overcooked. Mm. Now, Overcooked is probably the best co-op game I've played in a long time since probably Diablo three. Um, it's just it's crazy, like how much there, like the game itself is so simple, but like the way it builds its levels and the way it encourages like communication between the players makes it like the perfect couch co-op game and the perfect game to actually like either make you love or hate your friends. <laughs> yeah. It's a phenomenal game. How about you, Tyler? What's number number eight, eight. I have inside from uh play dead. This is a phenomenal game. Uh, it's so polished and well-made well worth every second that you spend in in that world it's a game where it's so mysterious the whole time in the in the gameplay is very smooth it's wonderful the art style is incredible it's a i'm not a huge puzzle guy i'm not big on playing puzzle games um but inside's puzzles are clever, yet they won't stump you for too long. And then it's also a terrifying game. It's it's a game where I don't know if I'll ever play it again because the the three or four hours that I spent with it on that first playthrough was so special and so incredible. Where you know you just kind of power through it all in one sitting because you you're so engrossed in it and you just turn out the lights and you get real scared and it's spooky and and you don't know what's going on but then you learn more and more and more and it's good i'll just say that the only thing to me with this why it's not as high on my list as it is for a lot of other people is the ending the ending just didn't hit me as much as i think it hits a lot of other people I, i was slightly let down by the ending it's not a terrible ending but it's not not what I was expecting or hoping for, um, but I, I really I think it's a special game that everybody should play. Mm. It is a special game, and I will make a note there. That is also another game that I just totally blanked on. I need to get to. Yeah, it's great. Um, so we're on to number seven. Yeah, buddy. Whew. At number seven for me, it was a tough choice, but I had to pick The Witness. Mm. Now, The Witness is a game for smart people. Not me. <laughs> and I don't mean to like demean anyone who doesn't get it, but it is one of those games that just burrows into your brain and just occupies your mind for the entirety of your playthrough of it. And it took a while to make... And it's not necessarily the most gorgeous game or the most, like, artistically intensive game, but the way those puzzles are structured and the way that you're learning the same way you would learn a language is just, it's just a brilliant puzzle game and one of the best puzzle games of all time. 
that's a game that I did not play this year. It's a game where I go, I'm sure it's amazing, but I, like I said, I'm not a puzzle guy. I know I would not enjoy it at all, but seems damn well made. It's beautiful too. Absolutely beautiful. Number seven, I have Titanfall 2. Uh, I mean, we talked about it before. It's been an incredible year for first-person shooters, and a lot of things on my list is first-person shooters. In uh, this game, I thought was a step up in ways over the original Titanfall. I think it has a fun campaign. It's, it's a blast to play. Um, it's something that I think they could build on if more Titanfall games are made. Um, the multiplayer is where it's at for Titanfall. The only thing I think's not the best or better than the original game is the map design. But other than that, I think a lot of the the smaller changes they made to how Titanfall plays and customization and all that stuff are smart. And, and they... They make a big difference in the long long run. Uh, I like its you know new game modes, its new titans, new weapons. It's all awesome. It's a, it's a, just a there's almost a not a first person shooter game out there that can play better than Titanfall in, in ways. I mean, it's just it plays so freaking well. Uh, I love it very much. I enjoyed that game a lot too. But number six, as we move on through our best games of 2016, is a little darling I've played on my Vita a lot, Darkest Dungeon. Now, Darkest Dungeon is a kind of like a role-playing game where it's sort of roguelike in that you pick up new characters and they're like kind of dispensable. Um... You're just fighting through dungeons and trying to level up characters, trying to build strong characters so you can take on the darkest dungeon. And the gameplay loop of that is basically you go out on one of these missions, either like you're fighting a boss, you're clearing an area of enemies. Whatever it is, you come back with more resources to upgrade your town, to upgrade your characters, um, to remove like certain quirks or things, like or reinforce good things that they are. And... It's one of those games that I just don't think I'll take off my Vita. It's just it's something that you can sit down, play a mission, and be like, damn, I got somewhere. I can upgrade something now. And it's it just has a perfect balance between like gameplay and like the passive like metagame of going back to your town and upgrading shit. I have a feeling that would be on your list. Have you gotten to the darkest dungeon? Okay, so here's my progress on Darkest Dungeon so far. <laughs> so far, like, right now, I'm working on... Build, like, I have a couple of, like, the maximum level of characters in this game is level 6. So I have a couple of, like, level 6 characters that, like, I'm almost okay with sending to the Darkest Dungeon, but I need more characters to get leveled up there and more, like, characters with less bad quirks and more good quirks that are reinforced. But, um... I, I'm just not ready yet. I need to build up my characters better and, like, build up their armor, build up their skills, upgrade to all that shit. I might end up upgrading my entire town so I can, like, fully upgrade characters before I take on the Darkest Dungeon, but I'm... I don't know. It's getting to the point where some bosses are getting a little hard, so that that's that's what's influencing me to upgrade my town. 
Right on, man. You can do it. <laughs> What's your number six, baby? <laughs> My number six, I have Overcooked. Okay. This game is such a blast to play with friends. I mean, it's it's a game where you go, let's play some Overcooked, and then all of a sudden it's two or three in the morning, and you're still going. Uh, its level design is awesome. The way you have to use teamwork and you know really communicate is just better than any other game almost uh it's phenomenal it's just it's hard to say how good this game is if you've only really played it by yourself you got to play it with other people and and i i think if it's a game where i didn't play with other people it wouldn't be on my list at all but if even if you're just playing with one other person yeah that that night we had together time yeah like Frank and I were playing and we were just kind of cleaning up some old levels, getting three stars on all the levels. And we just got so locked in that night. We almost three starred every single level in the whole game. You know, when, when you get on a roll, when you can accomplish stuff like that as a team, it's just, it's awesome. I love it. Uh... I, I love when, there's that game that just literally comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And Overcooked is certainly one of them. Like to me last or yeah, last year was Rocket League. Yeah. That game just kind of came out of fucking nowhere and just swept through people's list and it was great. You know, I, I love those type of experiences that you just kind of don't expect. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So we're halfway through now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I'm dying. The top five. <coughs> you're just too ex- excited that you just... I am too excited. can't do it. So my number five game, you mentioned already, is Final Fantasy XV. So Final Fantasy XV, of course, is... Well, for newcomers and old-time fans alike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... But seriously, it is the modernization of a franchise that I have loved for a long time, and I feel like this is a direction they need to go go towards. Um, they start you out in an open world, and it is a magnificent open world with a shit ton of side quests, a lot of monster hunts to do, and it, there's just a lot to enjoy from an open world game. And then in the latter half, it gets focused into a more linear narrative game and i feel like that's the way these games should work and some people are going to be like well it should be open the entire way through well you know what if you want that just use the time travel mechanic and go back i mean honestly i love this game and there are certain low points that people have blown out of proportion and i feel like that's it's just not fair because the end that you get to is totally worth the journey you take. And stick around for the post credit scenes because they are just touching. It's awesome. I mean, I haven't played that section, so I don't know how it is personally. But if you're going to complain about Final Fantasy getting linear at, at certain points in the game, then you might as well complain about The Witcher 3 getting linear as well. Because it does the same exact freaking thing. Where it's like, you're locked in for however many quests, and it might be hours until you can get back to the open world. I mean, it's the same thing. Who cares? If it's if it services the story, then it doesn't matter. You know? It's a dumb complaint. 
potentially done. I just say potentially just because I haven't done it yet. Yeah, there are points where the story does get convoluted, but it is it is still lovely. It's a Japanese it is Square a, Enix game. It is still so. Of course, it's going to get convoluted. <laughs> yeah, it lost its Japanese like kind of touches in the gameplay sense, but it is still a very Japanese like culturally, like thematically, and the way it's the way story is told is very Japanese. Yeah, definitely. Um, number five for me is one that isn't necessarily a brand new game. But it's so large that, you know, I, I ended up putting it on my list. And that's The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine. Uh, this expansion could have been its own game. It, it's it's another 50 hours of just incredible Witcher gameplay and RPG uh, stuff. And I absolutely adore this expansion. This is one of the best expansions, if not the best expansion I have ever played for a game um, the new region of, of Toussaint is incredible. It, it, it has such a great dynamic with every other region in The Witcher 3 because you get to like Skellige or uh, Novigrad or something, and it's just very dark, it's dirty, it's depressing, and then you get to Toussaint, it's full of color and it's bright. But that doesn't mean there's not some fucked up dark shit that's going on. The story is great. The story really makes you make some tough decisions where you go, I don't know about that. Or, or I, I literally got to a, a decision point that basically splits the story in two. And the game does a very great job of making you see both sides before you make that decision. And I sat there for a half an hour before I made that decision. I know it's a video game. In the end, it really doesn't matter. But I was like, damn, I don't know what to do because I can see both sides. I, I can really get it. Um, and then the new the, – the quests are awesome. This has a lot of boss fights in it, especially in the main story, and they're all pretty damn challenging which is awesome. I love The Witcher 3's gameplay and combat. I love when it's challenging. Uh, and then it just it has cool gear. They made new uh, additions to the game. And then CD Projekt Red just continually updated this game. And it's so much better than when it launched. And I thought it was already incredible when it launched. But it plays so buttery smooth frame rate frame rate wise uh the ui is way better it's awesome this expansion has awesome characters has a great ending if depending on certain choices you make you can get a really shitty ending and i got a tragic ending but it was still a good ending in my opinion uh and and it just worked because of the decisions that i made you know i put myself in that position to where it was like damn wow but, I mean, it's phenomenal. I love it. Um, I will say there is a small piece of news. I know we aren't doing much news this week, but there was a rumor that CD Projekt Red is looking into seamless multiplayer for The Witcher. Um, so that might be something you see in the future. Um, they're still working on that game. Like, they're, they're Which still... is crazy. <laughs> and, and they're working on Cyberpunk, so... Yeah, Holy it shit. makes you wonder, like... When's Cyberpunk going to come out if they keep working on The Witcher 3? I mean, mm -hmm. crazy. 
But yeah, uh, I will say that it, that did get left off my list a little bit because I had a broken save file and I couldn't play through it. I need to go back with it with a fresh save. Um, I, I, yeah, The Witcher is just amazing. Yeah, I and call- it's so this can't, expansion too is so memorable to me. Like I remember every fucking moment, just almost like I do in the the main story and side quest in the main game, but like. They really hit it out of the park with just the story alone in this. I mean, everything else is awesome, but yeah. So I caught myself last night drunkenly writing my fanfic called Gerald of Riverside. (laughs) (laughs) Look for that in 2017. So right now I've only written like basically the intro of the story. It's going to be based sort of around D&D. I know we played a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons, but it's going to be sort of influenced by that um he's waking up in hell Hmm. all right but it's it's a young gerald does he start off naked no but he he starts out with torn clothing though okay that's fine Mm, very sexy does he fuck on a unicorn i haven't written that scene yet okay please don't spoil my gerald of riverside fanfic oh i'm sorry um, I will say now that we're at like number four, it's very uh, interesting. We have very different lists coming up to we this do. point. I will suspect, however, our top four will be similar. I think they will. I think we probably had the same four <laughs> games. Okay, at number four for me is Ratchet and Clank. Same for me. <laughs> same for you. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Ratchet and Clank. Um, visually, Ra- Ratchet and Clank is basically Pixar the game, and. Yeah. It and the way the game, like the story-wise, it plays on people who know the original Ratchet and Clank story, and it's just, it has some funny little quips in there for pe- longtime fans. But it is a great starter point for people who haven't been into Ratchet and Clank, whether that be children or people who just missed out on that game in the early two thousands. It is. A spectacular visual <laughs> accomplishment. I, I know I don't like to harp on graphics too much, but this is just like one of the arti- most artistically beautiful games I have seen ever. And I, I don't know. Do you want to say a little bit more about this? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. There was so many times that my jaw just dropped playing this game because of how beautiful it was. And especially when you think about what some of the areas look like in the PS2 version, the original game. I know it's PS2, it's over 10 years old at least. Like 2002, I think the original came out. Um, and it just blows your mind. It's like, damn, this just looks so good. And to me, they made all the right changes. This is the best playing Ratchet & Clank game, in my opinion. It's so buttery smooth and the weapons are great. It's it's Ratchet and Clank kind of returning to form. And it's a it's a damn, damn good time. It'll just put a smile on your face for the, the entire 10 hours that you're playing this game. Mm. I love it. I love it too. Um, it's a crime if you don't play this game. Because one, it's cheap. And two, it's incredible. Yes. So. Like... It carries over that Ratchet and Clank charm of, like, each of the weapons just... It's... The weapons seem like characters. Mm-hmm. And, like... Yeah. 
yes, you're playing Ratchet the entire time, but you have this arsenal of weapons that just changes the game entirely based on which weapon you're using. And the gadgets are cool. Like the like the plot. This is like a game that doesn't. The type of game that doesn't exist anymore. It is like a third-person action platformer. It just the, games like this just don't come out very often. And Insomniac is proving that there's still room for that type of game. Yeah. Fucking Ratchet's just a damn cool character. Yeah, and it made me realize. I fucking love Ratchet and Clank. And they need to make more Ratchet and Clank because they just knocked it out of the park with this one. Mm. Since we both had the same number four, do you want to start us off on number three? Yeah. Number three, I have Doom. <laughs> not, it's, it's not the same on my list, but you go ahead and talk a little bit about Doom. Yeah, I mean... What is there to say about Doom? I mean, it is potentially the greatest single-player first-person shooter campaign ever created. I mean, it's so visceral, so smartly designed, so much fun, so visually striking. It's You just feel like a fucking badass the entire time. You, you, you're upgrading your weapons and upgrading yourself and just ripping demons throats out and it is insane and it kind of takes you know the old school doom of you know kind of getting in smaller like arena areas and shooting the shit out of everything except they just take it up a whole nother notch and the the environments are so well designed and so well created um it's awesome I mean, in the, finding the secrets in all the levels is just a blast. I mean, it, just for the single player alone, this game absolutely deserves to be where it is on my list, in my opinion, or even potentially higher. I mean, it, it's just, it's great. And then there, the multiplayer is really fun. I, I It's not my favorite multiplayer that I played this year, but... I mean, I had a fucking blast playing it uh, when it came out. Uh, you know, a lot of the maps are cool. Uh, what's the game mode? Warpath? That mm-hmm. that game mode, I mean, it's basically King of the Hill, but the, the hill moves around the map the entire time, and, and it creates such a very interesting dynamic. Um, and it's just fun to do multiplayer. Uh, it, it's just... It's probably one of my favorite first-person shooters ever. I mean, it is just incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible. So, I think I know where you have it on your list, but I'm not going to say anything. Okay. So, at number three for me is Overwatch. Um, So, Overwatch is the best multiplayer first-person shooter to come out within the past, what, I don't know... It's it's one of the best games of all time in the multiplayer FPS uh, category. Um, at first, I was averse to the idea of a hero shooter, as they dubbed this game, because I was like, that's really similar to MOBAs. And like, I've had a lot of bad experiences with MOBA games. Just I don't know. It, it th- those games don't ki- don't stick with me. But Overwatch stuck with me in a way that like, yes, it's a hero shooter, but like. 
you have so many choices, you can actually choose how you want to play, and it doesn't really matter. Like, you can choose your heroes that you want to play as, and that's going to be the type of game you're going to play. Um, it The game changes with each character that you play. Like, you're not going to play the same way if you're playing McCree as you do, like, with Pharaoh or with, like, or with a tanky character like um, Roadhog. Like, the game is so different depending on which character you play, but, like, the whole team dynamic remains the same. So it's basically do your job and hope everyone else does the same. And that kind of thing sticks with me a little bit. And it's a little, it gets frustrating sometimes when people don't do their job, but when it works, it is just magnificent. Like the team fights, the, like one of the most brilliant moments in Overwatch is when you, when you're, it's like, an entire team against the other entire team and just this massive team fight against each other, the dynamics between characters and how, like, they work and interoperate with each other. It is it is magnificent. That's all I have to say about Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Number two, I have Uncharted 4 Thief's End. Same here. Yeah. I mean, Naughty Dog, to me, just keeps raising the bar for you know single player action adventure games and then also themselves i don't think i like this game more than last of us but it is definitely right behind it but in terms of cinematics in terms of characters in you know motion capturing all that stuff storytelling they just blow everybody else out of the water. And they just keep raising the bar for themselves, too. Um, this game was a blast to play, man. I mean, I played this game very quickly. More quickly than any other game this year or any game in recent memory. Uh, where I, I, I think I beat this game in like three very long you know, sittings. And it was phenomenal. It's just... You get so sucked into it, and the, the dialogue is written so well, and the characters feel so believable. I mean, what you're doing is ridiculous. You're murdering fucking hundreds of dudes. But that adventure is great, and the relationships that they that they make, you know, especially the relationship between Nathan and Elena in this game is so superb. Um, and then some of the environments are incredibly detailed and well designed this the combat is way better you know with the rope and the the areas are more open than before you can stealth your way through um instead of just mowing dudes down um and then it 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 has those very memorable uncharted moments that you just won't ever forget and i think they rival the moments that were in one two and three for sure um, it's great. Uh, I mean, I love this game for sure. Yes. Uncharted four is also my number two game. Um, the multiplayer is a lot of fun. Like they built onto the uncharted three multiplayer in ways that like just make a lot of sense. They decided to steer into that goofy bit of it, mm. adding mysticals and that kind of stuff. Um, the new survival mode that just released uh, the other week is a ton of fun, and we need to play that together because I think we'll yep. really enjoy it. It's like kind of like a horde mode, but like every five levels you can like 
be like, pause, I'm done. I'm, I, I need to take a break. And you can just jump right back into it. Um, Uncharted 4 is a visual masterpiece. It is. It takes advantage of the PlayStation 4 hardware in a way that few other developers have been able to at this point. Um, it it hits on certain like emo- emotional things that like especially for long t- time fans the payout of this game is probably one of the best payouts of like the i it's the swan song of a, of a series like it is like it's one of those things where like you're really rewarded for knowing this story all the way through yeah definitely and and that's one thing i I really like about it is the ending. You know, I'm sure it was really hard to figure out how to wrap this series up, or at least for now. Um, And I think they did it in such a phenomenal way. You know, most video games fall apart at the end. Most naughty, uh, almost every Naughty Dog game doesn't fall apart at the end. In fact, the ending might be the best fucking part. Uh, It's just such a good send-off for Nathan Drake, and they did it really well, for sure. It's a game I want to play again. I just need to find the time. It's mm. great. All right. And yes, we do got to play the survival mode. Yes, we do. All right, so we've reached a quandary, because I know your number one, you know my number one, and, yeah. you know, our top four games, like, even if we put a point system on them, it wouldn't matter because every game, like, it would be tied between our top games. Like, yeah. <laughs> so there is we'll, not we'll going. There's there's not going to be a definitive the PlayStation Report Game of the Year <laughs> because of the way the numbers would work. Yeah. Um, so game of the year. Yeah, my number one game of the year. You see a poster behind you. It is Doom. I've been a fan of Doom from the beginning, and yes, I know Doom released before I was born in 93, but I have played the original Doom, I played Doom 2, I played Final Doom, I played the Doom RPGs on phones, which weren't nearly as good, but whatever, I played Doom 3, and now I have played Doom 2016, and it is the most ass-kicking game ever, it is the greatest power fantasy of any game that you have, you are... It's a great way of putting it. You are... Like, normally in a game, you're the one who is afraid of the enemies. In this game, it is the demons who are afraid of you. Mm-hmm. And that is the most powerful thing you can hand a player, where you are the enemy. You are the one destroying everything. And it is the most satisfying thing I have ever played. And I don't think there's a first-person shooter out there that has a single-player campaign that makes me feel the same way that Doom does, that I am the enemy of hell, that I am the slayer of demons. It is just the most magnificent feeling I have had in a video game. Yeah. Also, with that game, Doom Guy is a fantastic character. He doesn't say anything, but his actions speak very loud. You yeah, know. <laughs> yes, the way he behaves, like, in the opening scenes, like, the way he's like, well, shit, it's time to kill some fucking demons. I love yeah. this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, exactly. my God, why is this guy fucking talking to me? Shut yeah. the fuck up. I just want to kill some goddamn demons. Mm-hmm. It is, mmm, amazing. 
Yeah. It definitely uh, got back to what makes Doom great, you know? So. My number one is Overwatch. So, a lot of people I see, you know, I, I see sites giving Overwatch Game of the Year and everybody's fucking bitching because it, it's a multiplayer only game and to me that is the most irrelevant thing in the fucking world a good game is a good game so you're so I, i'm sorry if you say inside's the best fucking game it can't be it's an indie game and it's single player only nope can't do that N- games don't need single player and multiplayer but overwatch is the best multiplayer game i have fucking played in a very, 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 very fucking long time. It's a game that I had the most fun playing this year. And it's a game where, it, you know, it just puts a smile on my face no matter what. Whether I'm winning or losing. When your team just executes at such a high level or you have such an epic goal line stand. It gives you a feeling like no other multiplayer game does. I feel... You know, gaming really needs new IPs, and this is one of the best new IPs ever, and definitely in recent memory, by far the best for this console generation. And, I mean, almost every character is just iconic, they're memorable, they're great, um, they're, they're fun to play, it's so just awesome how you have 22 different characters, and they're all pretty damn different from each other yet they all can work together in in very different ways or very specific situations the map design is incredible uh and to me yes it is a multiplayer only game but it's got such a high skill ceiling to this game and and it's almost like the reason one of the reasons why you play battlefield one or something where you go i don't know what the fuck's going to happen but it's kind of like addicting in a way or or you know, the reason why you play Smash Brothers, you know, on the Wii U. You, you just love playing different characters, getting better as different characters. And, and you just don't know what's going to happen because it can get so crazy and, and so fun. Uh, Overwatch is the same way. You just never know what's going to go down. You don't know how the game's going to play out. But someone can make that one play, that one moment that completely turns the game on its head. And you're either heading towards victory or defeat. That kind of stuff is thrilling, and it's fucking awesome. I played Overwatch when it came out, and I loved it. And, you know, over time, I was like, is this my game of the year? Is this my most favorite game that I that I have? And I really was like, I don't know. Maybe it is. And then I just played more and more and more, and I went, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, th- I think it is. I like you know, I love all the games on my list, but this is the game to me that just blows, it will not really blows everything else away. It's just, I had the most enjoyment out of, and it changes the way that I feel about multiplayer games because it, it just takes, it takes away the whole, I got to worry about me nature of multiplayer games. You know, yeah, you can see how many kills and how many deaths you have, but you can't see the other players. You know, that doesn't matter. You're not going to uh, get mad at somebody for performing really bad. You might get mad at somebody for playing Tornbjorn on offense when you have to push the payload. You know, that type of stupid shit. Uh, 
but it's good. And then Blizzard's support for this game is just phenomenal. It has a great art direction. I saw someone fucking say Overwatch shouldn't win Game of the Year. It has, like, no graphics. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I wanted to rip that dude's fucking face off. I mean, it has such an incredible art style to it. It's it's different. It's fun. It's cheery. It's colorful. Games are so, you know, dark and depressing and gray a lot of times. And then you have this, and it's so different, you know? It's great. I love it. It's a game that I... I just know I'm going to be playing for years. For sure. Yes, that game seems more like a platform than it's going to be an annual release. Like, they're just going to keep releasing characters and it's going to, this game is going to grow. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. That's it. Those are our top 10 games of 2016. Yes. Uh, Like Frank said, you know, I guess we could make a list, but we'd we'd have to hash it out. No, like it would literally <laughs> any point system where our like votes are equal. Mm-hmm. There is no way to distinguish what the game of the year is. For, yeah, for us. Yeah. Let's just say 2016 from the PlayStation Four gets a, a co had co game of the year winner with Doom and over. To two be honest the, with you, you can't go wrong there. Two of so. the best first-person shooters of all time. Yeah. I kind of like how, you know, the top half of our list was pretty much the same, but the bottom half was completely different. Yeah, that was, it was cool. strange. I was like, oh, you picked that. All right, cool. Yeah, it's cool. I like this time of year. I like reflecting on the year. And, and to be honest with you, I th- I think 2016 has been a great year for video games. And I think it's been a great year. Uh, it's been it's the best year for these consoles, for sure. Mm-hmm. Every year for these consoles has gotten better and better and better. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping 2017 is going to be even better than this year. Uh, but there's so many awesome games. Is, is there any games that just didn't make the cut for you but was close or it was in your list at one point but then you kicked it out um, any shout outs you want to give honorable mentions um xcom 2 um that was that was actually on my list like to the point where we got to our skype call and then i was like man i didn't play enough of that game to justify this mm-hmm. and then uh shit i'm trying to think of other games that i might have played that released this year. Um, do you? Oh, World of Final Fantasy. That was another great game that I'd like to give an honorable mention. It's a new take on Final Fantasy in the more like monster capture mode with, and then the different like stretch, a different strategic game than I've really seen in a while, where you stack monsters on your head, or sandwich yourself between two monsters. It's like that game is goofy and it's it's fun. Um, I just need to play more of it, and I need to actually finish that game. Uh, yeah, I got two shout-outs. Uh, well, just one, actually. Um, Alienation. Oh, shit, that did come out this year. God yeah. damn. And that's one of the reasons why it didn't make my list, because I had to be reminded that it came out this year, but it is a blast to play, and I really did enjoy playing through that game the first time, uh, and that last level was just fucking crazy. It's a, mm. it's a, it's a really fun game. It, it just kind of... 
got away from what make how what makes Housemark games great. I mean, the gameplay is great, but it's you know a lot of their I like a lot of their games were like score chasing and stuff. Well, you know? Housemark is two different teams. Um, there's the right. team that makes like Dead Nation and Alienation, and then there's the teams who ma- the team who makes like a uh, Stardust and Resogun. So yeah, yeah. There's that. But they're a great developer. Let us know what your game of the year was in the comments. Yes. We would li- we would like to hear from you. Yeah. I think, though, we need to take some time and talk about games that let us down this year. Oh, God. Do you have any disappointments in 2016? Okay, so disappointments. I haven't really prepared for this. Um, I know the obvious answer out there is No Man's Sky. Everyone's yeah. going to be like, oh, I was so disappointed in No Man's Sky. But, I don't know. I, I I guess that's really the only huge disappointment I've had. I'm trying to think of other games. Like, if, if we're just going to call, call this in general disappointments of 2016, I'm going to put a label on the PlayStation Plus games that we got in 2016. I don't think mm-hmm. we got anything really good PlayStation Plus-wise. This whole year? Not really. Um, I can agree with that. I, I will say we didn't get very, like, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, we didn't get many open worlds. Like, there there weren't many open worlds that I indulged in. I know there was Watch Dogs too, but I didn't play that. Um, there was Far Cry Primal, which I played, and I, I was like, okay, this is another... Far Cry game, but your caveman, an, and that was kind of disappointing. Yeah. It's an unnecessary game. It is. It's Absolutely. like it's just reskin of the Far Cry formula, and like yeah. it isn't exciting. It isn't fun. Well, I guess to find fun, but like it isn't fun for me to go just check off boxes and shit. Like that isn't fun for me. How about you? Yeah. How? What were your big disappointments? Um. No Man's Sky is one of them. Uh, I enjoyed the opening hours of No Man's Sky, uh, but the more I played it, the more I kind of went, this isn't for me, and it needs a little bit more to it. Uh, I'm not going to go on and on about it, because that's it, that's the thing everybody and, loves to go on about. And it's hard for no, Man, no Man's Sky, though, because you have to do kind of like a value assessment on that game. Is that game really a $60 game? I don't think so. I don't think that no. game is worth sixty dollars. That that game's maybe more appropriate around like the thirty or twenty five dollar range. But I, I don't know. Like it's hard to put a value on games, especially how games are so diverse. But go go on, go on. Yeah, I mean that might be one of the most memorable games of two thousand sixteen in the worst way. Unfortunately, you know I think when you go and look at two thousand sixteen. And you go, what games came out? You'll talk about No Man's Sky, and then you'll go, oh, yeah, that that didn't quite live up to where everyone thought it was going to be. And, I mean, we've talked a lot about it. Um, I'm going to say the the other letdown for me this year was The Division. Oh, I totally forgot about the game. That's how disappointing it was. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I know that Ubisoft has made that game a lot better. Apparently, it's new expansions. The survival expansion is apparently awesome. You know, that's cool. That's awesome. It, it seems like Ubisoft is good at turning games around and keeping in their player base or keeping them coming back, at least. You know, same with Rainbow Six Siege. But 
to me, this game was so just fucking grindy and unnecessarily grindy. It reminded me of like vanilla Destiny type of grind, but to me, the gameplay wasn't as fun. It was kind of cool to, you know, get together with some friends and run around and shoot shit, but, you know, the mission designs were okay, but they were kind of the same in the end. Um, you kind of go through this one area, you shoot a bunch of stuff, then at the end you shoot a really bullet-spongy boss. The st- excuse me, the story was, you know, there. It was kind of a letdown. Uh, the PvE, or PvP, Dark Zone stuff, could have been cool, but it's also kind of frustrating at the same time. It, I mean, it's kind of like a double-edged sword there. It can either be awesome and intense, or it can be super frustrating. Um... I mean, it's just, it was just an okay game, and I fucking, the last boss fight in the story is so terrible. So, so bad. You know, you talk about games falling apart at the end. That is a game that absolutely falls apart at the end. Fighting a fucking helicopter. I mean, God. That was so aggravating, playing that. Because I was playing it with two of our buddies, and, and we were just rolling through that game. You know, just trying to finish it. And then we got to that, and it was so damn frustrating. Oh, my God, it took us so many tries to get it. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a game that, you know, I'm sure has gotten a lot better, but it's just, at launch, it was not the best. And then for a while, Ubisoft kept breaking the game with its updates, and yeah. Mm. Definitely let down for me. Anything surprise you? I know you already said Overcooked. I'm really surprised you this year, but any any game like I don't care if it's on or off the list, but any game that like really like came out at you that surprised you this year? Uh yeah, I mean Overcooked and Final Fantasy 15 for me. Like I said, I just did not expect to enjoy that game as much as I do. Uh and it, you know, kind of just trying to think I don't know if there's really anything else that surprised me. I mean, everything else I kind of expected to be be pretty damn good. What about you? Um, I was surprised at the quality of the Battlefield 1 and the um, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare campaigns. Those campaigns yeah, were a lot of I fun. Can, I can, I can uh, agree to that, especially Battlefield, for sure. Mm-hmm. And to the uh, the genuine nature of, like, the remake of well the remaster of modern warfare i feel like they did a really good job of that i know they introduced some microtransaction things that sort of shook things up a bit but i think they really stayed true to the old game for the most part Mm -hmm. that surprised me um no other huge surprises though um yeah uh what do you think the most memorable moment of 2016 is in video oh, games. Man. Either in a specific video game or anything else. I think the most memorable moment I had, and I don't want to get too cheesy here, was uh, when we played through Overcooked. That was yeah. pretty fucking awesome. We we pounded through a bottle of Jim Beam. <laughs> <laughs> we played some fucking... I, I don't know what music we were playing. I think we were just playing for the loot box. And then we just mm-hmm. smashed through uh, Overcooked. Like, we got three stars on most of the levels, and we beat the game, and that was 
really freaking cool. Yeah, and we were just laughing the entire time. I mean, that was just that was a very, very, very memorable moment. And and when we finished the game, when we just like hugged each other and was like screaming, I mean, the alcohol might not have helped with that, but damn, was that a fun time? I would have had fun regardless if we were by by the end of it. I wasn't even forming sentences. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I I can agree with that one for sure. Uh. God damn. It's been a damn good year. It's been a fucking good ass year for video games in 2016. Might not be a good ass year for other things, but goddamn video games were good in 2016. Yeah. I mean, they they killed it. And then E3 was fucking awesome this year too. For sure. I mean, there was very very memorable highlights from E3. Mm. Uh if if you're looking at that type of stuff. Um yeah. Mm. Hideo Kojima unchained with those trailers for Death Stranding. I know that game's far Buddy. off, but he's like, he's going, he's jumping off the crazy end. Yeah. And that, I, I uh, actually, I actually, I'm actually really interested in what his, what he can come up with without like corporate input. Yeah. That reveal of uh, Crash Bandicoot. Oh yeah. <laughs> I freaked fuck out when that happened man i was like there oh my god is happening bringing it back yeah or even sony's just incredibly different and epic beginning to their e3 conference with god of war with the you know the orchestra plague and then reveal of kratos that was just awesome so good and danny Um, o'dwyer coming out of uh GameSpot to start doing his uh documentaries that's a awesome new direction for video games coverage that i'd like to see more of yeah definitely that is definitely like the most exciting video game media thing to happen this year definitely is no clip go watch that damn doom documentary if you haven't man it is so well done i mean the rocket league one's great too but damn doom took it to a new level Mm -hmm. it'll make you want to play through that game again yes it will and I will confirm Absolutely. I am coming through it again. Um, I'm trying to get all the secrets and all the upgrades and such. I'm basically going to try to platinum that game. Yeah. Mm. You're still behind me on trophies by a little over 100. Yeah, I just passed trophy 3,000. I think I'm at 3,003, mm. I think. And I was like, oh, I just passed 3,000, and I think I'm less than 100 on Frank. And then I looked at your trophies, and you were over 3,100, and I'm like... Yep, because I blazed through Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got all those uh, story trophies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got t- I got some things that I, I'm going to try to catch and you, up. And you don't think I do? Oh. Hmm. I'm going to go smash your PS4 and Vita, and then you can't. That's just rude. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, what was the best old video game you played this year? A game that didn't come out this year that you played for the first time and went, fuck, that was great. Oh, played for the first time this year. Um, shit. I'm trying to think of it. Bastion. I played Bastion for the first time this year. And that is a magnificent game for Vita. I haven't played it on PS4 yet, but like, I just, I love that game. Yeah. To me, um, 
probably Dishonored, to be honest with you. I really, really enjoyed Dishonored. Um, that's a phenomenal game. Go play. Mm. Should we wrap up here soon? Yeah, I don't think I have too much else to say about 2016. Probably, I mean, it's been awesome. You'll uh, probably hear our predictions on 2017 here really soon, maybe next week. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, I mean, thank you all for listening this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, we haven't been doing this for a year yet, officially, but we're getting pretty damn close. We'll be here before you know it. But uh, it's still one of my favorite times of the week. Something I always look forward to. So thank you all very much for listening, you know, through 2016 here, for sure. Yes, and thank you to everyone who's, like, engaged, like, especially on social media and in the comments. Like, it's it's awesome to hear feedback here that you like the show or, like, what we can do better. It's All of it is yeah. good. It helps us do our jobs. Well, this isn't our job, but, you know, yeah, we like to provide this to you in the most... I don't know. It, we like to give well, you the best show we can, and whenever you yep. whenever you help us do that, we appreciate it. Yep, I agree. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at PS Report Podcast. You can email us at uh, PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail dot com. Make sure you do that. Make sure you let us know what your game of the year is for two thousand sixteen. I want to hear them. So do I. Frank, where can they find you personally on Twitter? Well, if you want to follow me through all my shenanigans on the internet on Twitter, you can follow me at the Arctic Sloth. And Tyler? You can follow me on Twitter at PluggedOnVids. PluggedOn is my YouTube channel where we got end-of-the-year festivities going on right now, like album-of-the-year stuff, which I'm going to go do after this. Exciting things. Mm-hmm. So thank you for watching or listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.